0: You are listening to the Gentle Project Podcast all about kindness and I'm your host Irene Karthik. Creativity is touted to be one of the most important skills when it comes to jobs of the future and today's guest is trying to solve a large part of the equation by helping with the how of creativity and creative mindset. So let's get talking to Neer Bashan, who's a world renowned creativity expert, and try and understand how organizations and we as individuals can improve our creative mindset. Good morning, Neer.
1: Good morning, how are you?
0: I'm good. How, how about you?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I like the, uh, the show. I listened to a few of the episodes. I like your vibe and what you guys are doing. So thank you for having me. I know that a lot of people want to be on the show and I really appreciate you, uh, you letting me on.
0: No, I'm so excited for this discussion and uh, thank you for taking time out to be on the show.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And uh, so first of all, congratulations on writing such a handy book on creativity.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm I'm so uh, I'm so glad. You know, the book has been doing pretty well, and people have been responding very positively to, towards it. I think it's because it is, like you're saying, it's kind of a handy guide. Um, so many books out there are about the why of creativity, and the why is important, but the how is really, really important because. You can motivate somebody all you want to do something, but if you don't teach them and give them the tools on how to do it, I'm afraid you're not doing the full potential of the job.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And uh, in fact, I'm not going to give out the spoilers about the book. And uh, so there's so many wonderful nuggets, and I love the way that you have actually uh, written the book uh, with. So many stories out there, so my first question here is what was the most unforgettable experience during this journey?
1: Oh man, there's been a lot of unforgettable experiences in this journey. I think the first one that really catalyzed my uh crystallized my my approach was when I was you know nineteen years old, I was sitting in a recording studio in Los Angeles with a famous hip hop, you know, rap artist. And, you know, you watch the music videos and the image of like, you know, tough guy and, you know, from the streets and all of this like crazy stuff. And, you know, what I found was that that was kind of an image or a, you know, approach to marketing really. And the I ended up working with with this hip hop artists and many others you know who had a nine to five job just like like we do and I noticed that you know they wrote everything down and circled it and had notes and all this stuff they weren't you know some oh you know unapproachable crazy sort of creative they were disciplined they had you know uh, an approach to creativity that they did over and over again, and it worked for them. And I learned very early on that anybody can be creative. It, you don't have to be you know, some superstar or whatever. Anybody can be creative. You just need some tools to learn how to do it. And I learned that when I was very young.
0: You make it sound all very easy, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yes. Uh, after reading your book, I also am inclined to agree that, yes, uh, it, it it just takes a little bit of practice, I believe, to become creative. And so my next question uh, was, why did you choose to write this book and who or what was your inspiration?
1: So I wrote the book, it's called The Creator Mindset. Um, I wrote it because I wanted to teach people that anybody can be creative. Uh, when I worked in music and I worked in Hollywood, I noticed there was a lot of creative people around me and they also had tools in a system of creativity. And then I had my own, I had a furnishing uh, uh, business. Uh, then I had um, an advertising business. I've had different businesses and I've worked for other people. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. And in everything that I've done, I've noticed that the people who do well are the people that are creative. And the people who don't do well are the people that are not creative. And I realized that there's a need in business today, all over the world, a very big need to learn how to become more creative in everyday dealing from sales to operation to, um, you know, customer service to every part of the business needs. Uh, an injection of creativity. And I felt that it was missing from the marketplace. And I wanted to write a book that took all of my experiences and put in a recipe that anybody can follow. It's really easy. It's like a three-part recipe with a bunch of other tools that support that recipe. And it, it talks about, you know, how to manufacture creativity so that you can use it over and over again. And that was the inspiration to write the book.
0: That's quite fascinating. In fact, uh, when we talk of creativity, you know, the first obvious that group uh, that comes to my mind are the artists. But uh, when, when when you actually talk about corporates and you just mentioned sales and uh, sales and finance are two teams perhaps where uh, we have that perception that creativity is not possible there. So what is your thought on, applying creativity in these teams, do you think it's even possible?
1: Yeah, so for me, art and music and dance and sculpture and all of these amazing things, are 1% of the creativity spectrum. Yet most people think that is all of creativity. It's art or music or whatever. And so I'm, I'm on a goal to go around the world and educate people that know creativity is way, way, way more than just art. And the way that we can use creativity is manifold. I happen to be an expert in using creativity for businesses and how to help um, people become more creative in a business, but there's creativity in all kinds of different sectors. It's just far, far greater than music or art. So that's what, you know, what I'm really excited about teaching people that yes, you can be creative in sales. Yes, you can be creative in finance. I did a, uh, a podcast a little while ago, a finance uh, podcast where I talked about creativity and they were like, well, no, you can't be creative because that means, you know, faking the numbers or something like that. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not really about, you know, faking the numbers or getting creative with the accounting. That's not what I'm really talking about. I'm talking about looking at the numbers in a different way, looking at things beyond the numbers, so on and so forth. So yes, you can be creative in all kinds of things that nobody would ever think that you could be creative in.
0: That, that's that's brilliant. Because when, when we talk about finance, the only thing that comes to my mind are the budget cuts and the cost cutting. So it's it's wonderful uh, that creativity can be applied to uh, feel field like finance. And yeah. Suni, what are the barriers that actually inhibit us from having a creative mindset? Is it because we just presume that we are not creative and we think that creativity belongs to a few people?
1: You would be amazed. I I consult um, quite a bit. I do workshops and and keynotes, but my consulting is the vast majority of what I do. And you would be amazed at how many businesses say to me, you know, after we're, we're doing something together near, you know, we, we like your message. This is great, but we're just not creative, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's what my whole book is about. Not thinking that way. They're like, yeah, 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 we get it. But like for us, we're just not creative, you know? So I don't know what you're going to be able to help us with. And for me, you know, it really is the, the starting point of this whole thing is understanding that 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, a woman named Harriet was in a cave, and she was the world's first creative person. She was being attacked by a beast that was far stronger and, you know, more energetic and, you know, bigger muscles, sharper teeth, and she had a stick, and she had a little berry picker, and she put the two things together and was able to shake off the beast from attacking and she was the world's first creative person and immediately she ran to the village and shared it with her friends and her family and you know people in the village and then they started to improve on the tools and those improvements are what you have today they're you know the rocket ships that Elon Musk is building and the skyscrapers in in the city, they're the height of innovation. And for me, it's really understanding that creativity is in our DNA. It's what, how we were born with. And we're born that way because it's a survival tool. And it has enabled us, unlike any other tool that we've ever come up with, to survive anything. And today... You know we still have that tool with us, but we trade it for the analytical because we think it's not serious it's not you know we're we're a, a business near we don't think about that stuff we what's going on with the quarterly report what's going on with the p n l sheet um, you know how do we respond to this r f p to make sure that you know our statement of work and mastered services agreement is in line and you know all of these analytical things but for me. When we ignore creativity, we ignore one full half of the mind that deals with problem solving the same way that Harriet solved problems, our ancestors solved problems, you know, 50, 60,000 years ago. And those problem solving skills are never found in the analytical mindset and the analytical brain. They're only found in the creative brain. So we need creativity in our business today more than ever, especially with COVID and everything else going on in the world. And so we need to start to awaken that creativity, understand that we're all born with it, and then have some actionable tool to be able to execute it today at work.
0: Absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, talking about uh, since I've worked in corporate environment and when we talk about uh, providing solutions for the customer or the client, we are so engrossed in the analytical and the problem solving. Sometimes creativity, it just takes a backseat. And uh, as you said, it is indeed very much important. So as you would know, or you would have read, uh, the World Economic Forum report says that creativity is one of the most important skills of the future. So how does one actually deal with creative blocks? Because a lot of times, many of us uh, think that, okay, our creativity is blocked. What are two tips to kind of come out of these uh, periods where we feel that we are not creative enough?
1: Yeah, so one of them that I like to use is um, is a tool called, you know, fighting the self-doubt monster. We are constantly in fear of letting an idea out because we're afraid of what people might think. We're afraid of our reputation getting ruined or, you know, somebody thinking our idea is stupid or not smart and so on and so forth. So I talk in the book about a couple of methods to get rid of self-doubt. One of them is to write something down and circle it when you write something down and you circle it it activates a completely different portion of the mind that allows you to lessen self doubt so i when i do workshops and other things i ask people to you know sort of write stuff down and so you could do that today get a pen and a paper and start to write down ideas that you have and not just one idea and and feel that it's precious. A lot of people think, oh, I've got like one or two ideas and they're million dollar businesses or they're great opportunity to bring in more sales or, you know, this is what I need to do to get my career, you know, to the next level. But I urge you to write those two down and then write another 10 and then another 10 and then another 20 and keep on writing, get, get a notepad, keep writing. And eventually when you start, writing your ideas, your self-doubt starts to go away and creativity starts to come up. I like to think of it like water. Water doesn't care what comes before it or what comes after it. It just is. And when you allow yourself to be in a creative moment by doing creativity and not waiting for lightning to strike or for an idea to come to you once a month in the shower, when you actually write stuff down, you circle it, you get into a habit of writing, um, that's one way that you can get creativities to go and to be maximized now. Another way that I really like is um, understanding the value of the little victory. We are all so busy trying to achieve goals, right? Our one year is this, three years is this, our five years is this. I won't achieve my goal near until I get promoted. Okay, but what are the little victories that are happening along the way that could perhaps give you incredible creative wealth? So there was an ice cream salesman many years ago who sold ice cream machine and his goal was analytical. He wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines and, you know, volume, right? Volume is an analytical construct. So he got a sales list and started calling and working it and, you know, trying to get people to buy the machines. And it went well for a little while, but then it stalled. Every business on earth will stall at some point or other if it's not using creativity. And his business did the same. It stalled. And so, you know, he discovered that there was a restaurant that kept ordering machines, like they would order one a month or something like that. And he was like, well, why are they ordering and other people aren't? So he went to the restaurant and saw that there was a line out the door, right? Out the door. 45 minutes he waited in line. And finally, he had the best cheeseburger that he ever had in his entire life. And the guy's name was Ray Kroc and the restaurant was McDonald's. So he could have stayed selling ice cream machines, but who knows, that was his three-year goal to sell more machines. His five-year was to sell even more machines. But when you're not thinking creatively, now when you're not looking at all the little victories that happen along the way, you're missing incredible creative potential. I ask you and I ask your listeners right now, To think, while you're listening to this podcast, think, what are the little victories that have happened to me in the last week, in the last two weeks, in the last day, and what are they perhaps telling me? There is incredible creative wealth in what those little victories might be saying, but it takes you to pay attention to those little breadcrumbs that might be taking you in a slightly different direction.
0: Thank you. That, that Those are two brilliant tips, writing and noticing the little victories. Wow, yep. Th- that's great. And in fact, I had this question. Your book is full of so many stories and a lot of uh, facts. How long did it actually take you to write the book?
1: A long time. Um, it took me six years to write it because I don't, teach a class on Mondays and Thursdays. And, you know, I I don't have the luxury of being a professor at some school. I mean, you know, professors work hard and everything, but, uh, you know, I'm out there every day uh, growing business, increasing the sales pipeline, uh, working on content and all of the stuff that I'm sure your listeners are doing too. Uh, So I'm out in the real world uh, working and growing my business and growing my customer base. Um, and giving them really good service and making sure that they're happy, making sure that they are getting value out of my product and, and service. And so I only had nights and weekends to write it. I would have an hour when I was on a plane to a, to a client. I would have an hour when you know uh, we put the kids to bed at night. I would have an hour, you know, maybe in the morning at, 6 a.m. six to 6:30 before uh, you know everybody wakes up to get work done and maybe an hour or two on the weekend and so it took a long time to write because I was busy working and I was busy practicing the principles in there. This is no like you know ivory tower sort of approach to business. This is real deal in the trenches, everyday working hard type of creativity and that's why it took. So long to write the book. I just didn't ever have enough time,
0: right? And in fact, uh, this is a lot of thorough research. Looks like that's been put into the book, and uh, I think having uh, read a lot of creativity uh, books on creativity, uh, I found it very interesting that you've supplemented it with so many facts and real life uh, instances from your life. So this is, that's wonderful. Uh, The next question that I have for you as we uh, are about to wind up in a couple of minutes is what, what is your thought about compassion or kindness and its place in creativity, does it even have a place in the creative mindset? Big time.
1: Big time. So I yes, absolutely. I talk a lot in the book about empathy and how important empathy is in business and kindness and listening and paying attention to what other people are feeling and what they are experiencing. I talk a lot in the book about these things because they're critical to growing a creator mindset. Now, a lot of people say to me, Near you know, I think it's fine to be kind and nice, and all of that stuff. But how does that affect my bottom dollar? Like, how did that affect my bottom line? How did it make me more money? Well, you know, the 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 beauty of the free enterprise system is that, you know, it's not perfect, but it is pretty dang good. And what it allows you to do, it allows you to find an authentic voice of your brand, your product or service. And, be able to use the power of empathy and the power of relationship, the power of kindness and the power of forethought. In order to do better in your business, because when people feel like they're being listened to, people tend to want to engage with you. And if they're going to engage with you, they're probably going to buy something right. And the byproduct of this whole thing is that you're spreading goodness around the world. And that's a critical and very important thing to understand. Now, the economy has changed. It's no longer the linear economy of the 1950s. It's not A equals B, B equals C, so on and so forth. Sometimes doing A might lead you to J and sometimes J might take you over to L and then back to B and maybe to C instead. So understanding that doing well and doing good things like empathy and and having courage and doing a lot of listening and being kind and spreading the values of joy at work, Are critically important today because they will allow for a connection to a potential revenue that you've never had before. If you're still thinking in the old mindset of the antiquated economy where I provide product A and I expect to get paid by person B for it, then you are quickly going to become a dinosaur in this world you need to start to think that, hey, I'm going to do A, and hopefully it will lead to value add to somebody. And that value add eventually will lead to a revenue source that you never had before. I would say it would lead to more revenue than if somebody, you know, if your product was just paid for by the person at B. The potential revenue now becomes unlimited because the added value becomes unlimited. So it's a brilliant question, really, really on the mark. And I think that everything is changing so fast and the ability for us to use the tools of compassion and empathy and kindness and joy and all these wonderful things are actually going to make companies more profitable in the long run.
0: Yes, I think we are transitioning from... Uh, the mindset of being ruthless to being (laughs) compassionate in business.
1: It makes more sense for the bottom line. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, In fact, uh, one small note about the book. I I love the fact that you had the small uh, chapter on acknowledgement and uh, it, it felt good reading and I think it showed how much you uh, value compassion and empathy in your own life. So, so that was lovely to read as I completed the book. What Thank you. The, what are the two books that you would recommend for uh, listeners
1: today? So I read a lot. I read um, probably a book a week. I love to read. I cannot read enough. Um, so I, you want the last two books I read because I'm, I love books so much. It, picking two books for me is like really hard. Sure,
0: the last two books would be good.
1: Okay, so I recommend um, the last two books that I read that I recommend is The Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson. She's the head of Harvard Business School and she wrote a book about psychological safety and how psychological safety leads to um, more revenue at the workplace. It's amazing. And I think people need to read that book. Um, another one that I just read is Grant. Uh, by Ron Chernow. It's not a business book, but it's about the President Grant in the US um, and the amazing work that he did with the country and how misunderstood he was. Um, amazing book. Love those two books.
0: Wonderful. Those are great recommendations. Sunir, so how can our listeners reach you? Online?
1: Yes, ma'am. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's nirbhashan.com, N I R bashan.com there's um only like three near bashans in the entire world so I'm really easy to find there's a near bashan uploading call of duty clips that's not me they're playing video games all day that's great that's not me and then there's another near bashan who's a girl who's uploading a bunch of pinterest stuff and uh, I wish I had the patience for that, but she's got like an eye. So if you need your closet redone, she's great. Like she, <laughs> she can do an amazing closet. Um, but I'm really easy to find. I'm not the one with the Pinterest and I'm not the one with the uh, video games. Uh, it's nearbashan.com. We've just launched a community where people are joining and they can chat back and forth and you know, get ideas about creativity. It's moderated. So there's no junk on there. It's really fun. Um, it's free. You click on community on my website and join with your, uh, Instagram, uh, with your LinkedIn account. And, uh, I would love to hear from your listeners and see if this has been helping them.
0: Definitely. In fact, I joined your community, uh, uh, yesterday, I think. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, So my last question is, what is your one tip to make the world a better place?
1: I think we need more creativity in everything we do. I think if we are more creative, then that will elevate the quality of humanity in untold ways. I think that we could have easily have cured cancer by now. I think we could have easily have landed a woman on Mars. I think that because we are not creative uh, as a whole, and we're so analytical, a lot of these amazing innovations have stopped and they need to keep going. And we need to tell people that it's okay to be creative. It's okay to join creativity and analytics together and not just focus on analytics. And I think that will make the world a better place.
0: Wonderful, creativity as, Something to change the world, definitely. I I, that's something that I agree with you. So thank you so much, Neer, for uh, coming on the show, and uh, we really had a wonderful conversation. I hope to have you back again. I would love to. I think this is a never-ending subject, and I think we can go on talking about it. But it was lovely to have you with us today.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you enjoy listening to our show. It would be wonderful if you could leave us a review or a rating or feedback to improve the show. You can do so by writing to us at thegentleproject.kindness@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This is a humble attempt to nudge the world towards a little bit more of kindness, compassion and all things that make us human. And if you want, you could leave us voice notes through Anchor. So until next week, stay safe and stay kind.